This is Not Quite Dead, a gal pal horror movie discussion podcast. We do deep dives on our favorite scary movies, but sometimes we really just like to keep it shallow. I'm your host, Kate. I'm Megan. Get ready for all the spoilers. This season came and went so fast. I'm sad to see it go. It really did. I really enjoyed doing a cross-genre season this go-around. I feel like it really mixed it up from our usual fare. Yeah, and I I mean, I just love sci-fi in general. So this little Venn diagram of sci-fi horror was just a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to go through the really good ones because there are a lot of really good sci-fi horrors when they're taken seriously. And it was really fun to go through the really, really bad ones too. It was so fun to talk about Jason X that it makes me want to do a season of just horrible sequels. <laughs> yeah. So inspiring this season. <laughs> I love that we started with like the highest of highs with Alien and then we we got at such a low point in the middle to the end of the season but then we really brought it back around with Gravity at the end. Yeah, Gravity was so much fun. And uh I know I lost the argument, but I still think we uh had some good points in that episode about why it works as a horror. Sci-fi just really bridges so many gaps between its own genre and horror. Like even in standard sci-fi movies, there's normally just something about the huge unknown of space that I think kind of like grabs at us existentially and like makes you like question things or feel a little off kilter. So I think that this was just a really, really good season overall for us. Yeah. And we have a lot of fun segments planned for our last episode this season to tie everything together. We do. We are going to create a D&D style alignment chart with some of our favorite characters from the movies. Yeah, we had a lot of fun judging the characters throughout the season. So we thought we'd put a nice bow on it by categorizing them where we saw fit. We also, instead of doing a craft this season, we decided to go on a little baking adventure, space-themed baking So we will talk about that. Yeah. And the best part about it is that neither of us are really strong bakers. We're fine. Um, So you can enjoy our shortcomings on video in our blog. And and we'll talk about the process in our segment. And our last segment, we'll be going through our season closer MVP, LVP, and tech. So for this one, we'll be talking about movies, not just individual characters or items from the movies. So bring your opinions and let's get started on this finale adventure into space. Thank you. 
Kate, have you ever played Dungeons and Dragons? I have not. Have you? I've started a character twice. No, three times. And that's about as far as I got. (laughs) (laughs) I have a general cultural understanding of D&D from, you know, Stranger Things kind of coming up in TV shows or whatever. And then, of course, the internet loves alignment charts. They love alignment charts. So I feel like I've seen a million of those in my life. Right. You can enjoy a good alignment chart without needing to play D&D. But I I thought that was my, I mean, I guess it's the only thing I've really done. I've done like one adventure with my character, but I do uh, enjoy creating the story behind the character and um, thinking about how they'd behave in certain situations. It's always like something chaotic, um, something that I would not normally do, um, a way I normally would not behave. But um, I think that's the most fun part about building your D&D character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think that you fall along the lawful <laughs> Oh, yeah, totally. For sure. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm V boring. Uh but my my characters are like sassy sassy pants. It's a really good framework for building characters or in writing. I've I've used it myself to try and think about characters in writing and so it's such a good model and I think that we have so many characters across all of these movies. I mean, we talked about them in terms of MVP and LVP throughout the season, but I think stepping back and looking at them in terms of is this someone who's a rule follower or are they a free spirit are they murdering people because it's the right thing to do or are they murdering people for fun it was it was a good way to step back and kind of categorize um movie by, by movie and character by character yeah i had fun thinking through some of their motivations and uh, defending defending some of our opinions against our husbands. They were our test audience. Um, <laughs> some of these so. seemed so obvious. And then some of them I thought were, so too. And some were really tough. Yeah. We, we kind of ran out of folks for uh, the evil section. Like that was the hardest part for us to narrow down, I think. Because um, we were running out of options. Really and truly. And I was surprised when we got through it just how many good and neutral characters there were. But I think that that just speaks to in sci-fi, there's a lot of people who are doing what they can to survive either on an individual basis or they're trying to survive for for the good of humanity. So I think it kind of makes sense. Yeah, there's not a lot of people in space who want bad things to happen to themselves or their crew um, until you get into these fantastical movies uh, that we covered in this season. So should we start from the top? I think we should. I think we should go top left-hand corner, Lawful Good. Well, this character for Lawful Good was like my immediate choice in my head. I was like, oh, it's definitely this guy. And that's Mace. Yes. I also thought this was very obvious from the beginning. <laughs> I, I loved him in Sunshine. He was the perfect lawful good soldier in that movie. 
Yes, Mace is Chris Evans' character in Sunshine. He is the one who wants to complete the mission. He is very rule-following. He doesn't want to break from their code. He wants to just complete the mission. I feel like he's trying to do the right thing and just follow the rules. Very lawful good. Yeah, and he doesn't do anything that benefits himself. It's all for the good of the mission, all for the good of the ship, all to stay within the bounds of what he's been sent to do. So he is our ultimate lawful good character this season. Moving on to neutral good, um, I think gravity really had us covered there. Truly, I don't think that there was anyone who wasn't a neutral good in gravity. Yeah, and we landed on Ryan Stone uh, as our representation for neutral good. I think that Ryan is a great example of neutral good because she is concerned not only with her own survival, but she's willing to stretch herself and stretch her capacity to try and save Kowalski, to try and save others. And even if that means like not doing everything totally to code um, or like putting herself first. She's, she's just like trying to make sure that like everyone is coming out of this as best as they can. Right. She doesn't ever attempt to step on Kowalski to survive. For her, it's we both need to survive, not just me. And so she does the best she can for both of them as long as she is able to. I think that the chaotic good... We had so many good options for this one, but I think that Dallas from Alien was the best example. Yeah, and he really would have been a good neutral good character, I think, or lawful, either one. But he goes against his protocol to help somebody on the crew get aboard the ship, even when it's very obvious they are sick and should not be anywhere near the ship. Um, and, and I think that that's the chaos that he introduces. Um, it, it's obviously with good intentions, but it's not what he's supposed to be doing. So I think that's really what sealed the deal for me with Dallas. Totally. He's, he's breaking the rules because he doesn't think that the rules are right. He wants to save his crewmate and it's what he would want done for him. And so he's willing to break protocol and bring this, infected man onto their ship <laughs> leading them all to die <laughs> but his intentions are noble at least yeah and then he also is you know he's the first one to put himself out there and go after the alien when when they f discover what's going on and he knows he's gonna die but he's like i have to do it i have to avenge my my crew in the face of in the face of this monster um, so he's he's a good chaotic good character all around, I think. And on the other side of that, also from Alien, we have Ash. Ash is our lawful neutral because he's a robot. Of course he's lawful <laughs> neutral. This was one of those ones where I was like, oh, duh. Of course he's lawful neutral. He's just strictly following his commands. Really goes to great lengths to protect his own protocol, which is to get this xenomorph back to Earth. Um, and he is a little sneaky about it, 
you know, he hides some things or, or plays dumb. Yes, he doesn't have any guilt. He doesn't display any oversized emotion. And up until the point where you realize that he's a robot, you're just like, oh, this is someone who's just very withholding and withdrawn from everyone else. And then you realize that, oh, he's actually a robot who's just executing commands uh, from Earth. And it's like, ah, yeah, that totally makes sense. He's not really hurting his allies because the crew isn't really his ally. The crew is sort of just there, um, almost in, in the way of the mission towards the end when they attack him. His allies are those who programmed him. Or the you know it's the company that wanted him to go out and do this, so um, that's why I think he fits in lawful neutral. And we really have a back to back here with the characters from Alien, but it's just because they're so good and they just meet these so well. But our true neutral is the Xenomorph on board. You can't not have the Xenomorph as true neutral. The Xenomorph is just a force of nature. Not really in anything for good or evil. It's it's like a giant bug. And you can't fault a roach for wanting to survive. Exactly. It's just, it's got its base alien biology that makes it want to grow super fast and kill things and sneak around in the dark. You can't really control it and it has no interest in being controlled. There's no real motive just just to survive. Just do what you got to do to survive. Yeah, our true neutral is just base animal instinct. So that leads us to chaotic neutral. For this one, we picked Monty from High Life. Yeah, Monty is overall a good guy. He cares for his daughter. He follows the rules, but also doesn't really go out of his way to make life on the ship better for anybody else. He's kind of just living by his own whims. He's not willing to share his semen. Yeah, he doesn't want to be controlled like he sees other people being controlled on this ship by dibs. And so he resists participating in the masturbation room. He's not giving up his semen. And then later, as he's raising Willow, he is trying to keep things together but is not really willing to go above and beyond that Um, and it really takes an outside force like willow to make him change or do something different than what he wants to do continuing with that thread of high life we have dibs as our representative of lawful evil yes she's so authoritarian it's so unlikely authoritarian when you find out that she's also a prisoner, but forcing everyone to follow her arbitrary rules and whims and making them face consequences for it for something that is pretty nonsensical just seems like the definition of lawful evil. She hurts people in order to fulfill her directive. It's not that she just follows the law when it makes sense it's she follows the law when it makes no sense anymore and doesn't care who she takes down with her to do it and she just thinks she's right like she she always thinks that she's doing the right thing and that moves us on to neutral evil and we get to talk a little bit about pandorum here 
Yes. The character of Leland is a great example of a neutral evil character because of his just incredible selfishness. He has a couple of instances where he can just choose to be a decent guy and, you know, help these guys out who are clearly here not to hurt him. But he's very now focused. He's like, I can eat you right now instead of eating this shitty moss. And then later I'll betray you for really no reason. Um, Everybody could have been saved at the end, you know, in theory, assuming that Peyton wasn't crazy, uh, Peyton Gallo. But uh, he goes out of his way to betray people when he doesn't need to. (laughs) He just chooses to do that. He goes along with kind of whatever group he's with at the time. It feels capricious, but he's always very self-interested in trying to make sure that he comes out on top. Chaotic evil. That's my favorite out of the chart. I was going to say my favorite too. (laughs) (laughs) So, of course, we're talking about Jason from Jason X. Yes, of course we are because... I mean, as we were talking about it when we reviewed the movie and in so many episodes since as well, we always come back to the Jason character in this movie as just being a single-minded, small-brained killing machine. He kills for no reason other than to kill. He he has like a lust for killing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't really improve anybody's chance of survival. It does nothing to help anybody. It doesn't really even help himself. It's just something he has to do, I guess. <laughs> he's unpredictable, but extremely predictable in the fact that he's just going to kill any living thing around him. Really no code. <laughs> just crazy and, and murderous. I think it's such a great like cap for our alignment chart, though, to have Jason as our chaotic evil we had so many so many good characters this season though that could have easily fit into this chart Um, so we did have a couple of honorable mentions that didn't make it into the formal chart but things that we would have fit in had we had a little bit more space yeah I want to talk about Willow as the true neutral honorable mention She seemed like the best force of nature aside from the xenomorph. You know, she's really just a product of where she's grown up. She's had like no outside influences other than her father, right? She's grown up on the ship totally alone with her dad. She doesn't even know what taboos are. Yeah, she just breaks all of these social mores and doesn't have any emotional response to it. And is really the driving force to get Monty out of his stagnation. And so I think that seeing her as a force of nature in high life uh, is really apt. I really liked Pinbacker from Sunshine as another chaotic evil character. Yeah, he's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't play well with others. He's only interested in sabotaging missions so that all of humanity can die. There's complete disregard for other people's lives and livelihood and the missions that they're setting out to meet. And um, he also just looks crazy. 
Yeah, he's, I think, as close to demonic as any character from any of these movies really got. He, he. I mean, when I first saw him, I even thought, oh, my gosh, is this one of those movies where we're talking, you know, like religion now, like with the sun worshiping and all that. And it's just because he's become such a monster and all he wants to do is spread chaos to bring down the rest of humanity. Our last one that we wanted to call out as an honorable mention is Man from Pandorum as another chaotic good character. Yeah, I thought he was a great survivalist. So, you know, he uh, there is a little bit of chaos there because he has to do what he has to do in order to survive that ridiculous ship with the mutants. Um, but he... Uh, doesn't always make the right choices. Um, it was sort of his folly was this chaotic goodness um, at the end. He, he couldn't help but try and spare the child mutant. He's good. Yeah, he's a good character at his heart. He is. Um, but unfortunately, it got him in the end. I had a lot of fun building this alignment chart, and it makes me want to do this for all of our main characters and villains for everything that we've ever talked about and everything that we're ever going to talk about in the future. (laughs) (laughs) We had so many good characters to choose from, so it made it really easy. And um, we have a few questions on our Instagram story that uh, we we wanted to toss your guys' way to see how you guys felt about some of the characters we met this season and where do you think they would fall on our alignment chart? Yeah, go check out our season four highlight for past posts and questions and let us know what you think about these characters and where they would fall on your alignment chart. So we normally do a craft. But coming up with a spacecraft, haha, get it? Uh, <laughs> without going straight to like solar system diorama proved to be a little difficult in this case. So we took it in a different direction. And we took it in a very different direction from not only what we normally do, but maybe a little outside of our usual skill sets also. <laughs> Yes, I have tried on a handful of occasions out for Nailed It because I am a terrible baker and I think that is the perfect game show for me. Um, and uh, we decided to go with um, basically a space bake-off along that vein since neither of us are, are pro bakers. <laughs> Definitely not a pro baker. (laughs) And we left it really open-ended. We said that we would bake something space-themed and then didn't talk about it at all ever again (laughs) until we showed each other what we made. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, we weren't able to share our treats with one another um, due to where we live, but um, we did share photos and a cool video of each of our space adventures in the kitchen with each other. We did. So after you listen to this episode, definitely go to the blog and check it out because the videos are super funny and the pictures are great, which are just going to 
highlight the hilarity of like our baking misadventures <laughs> for this finale. Yeah. Do you want to talk about your baking project and how you came up with it? I do. I had started off with really too too big, too ambitious of an idea, which was I wanted to do cupcakes from the get-go. And I was thinking about making cupcakes so that they would look like a scene in space where maybe one of like some of them were frosted to look like planets with some galaxy looking ones and then maybe a black hole one. Um I I was just kind of like shooting from the hip. <laughs> I didn't look up anything. I was just like, I'm just gonna do this. And as I got deeper into the actual like baking and like frosting organization of the project, I like kept progressively scaling back. Until, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's so much work and it's like so many dishes and I'm like not a baker. So like everything takes like three times as long as you would think it would take because like you're just not used to like doing this stuff. And so I scaled it way back to just having like galaxy-ish looking cupcakes with some sprinkle stars with some starry night sky chocolate frosted cupcakes surrounding it so that was what I did I used a very basic box cake mix I used pre-made frosting that I did dye myself um which was still disastrous even though I tried to like (laughs) dummy proof it (laughs) um but I will say that because it was all like boxed cakes cake mix and everything it like tasted great which is all you can ask for really that's really all that matters. And it looked really cute. It looked like a little Milky Way swirling through like the chocolate of space. <laughs> it definitely made me think that when I have kids one day that I will make them do a space birthday party at some point and I will just do exactly what I did for this because it like <laughs> it like turned out pretty cute in definitely like a kid's birthday party kind of way. Yeah, it was really cute. And it was and they were tasty. Yeah, and they were tasty. It was a little more on the nailed it than on the Pinterest side, but I think for like not um not really like using any reference images or whatever, I was like pretty pleased with how it turned out. <laughs> That's really all you can ask for. Well, I'm sorry I didn't get to try any. Well, I'm sorry I didn't get to see yours in real life because you went for technically and artistically challenging in this you did not do kids birthday cupcakes I mean that may be true but that does not mean I executed guys I wanted to try my hand at a galaxy cake because I've never done a mirror glaze um but they're so cool looking and they they're they were all over the internet for a minute and looks really hard to do and and it is a lot of work um, but yeah, I, I decided to go with a galaxy cake and as I was putting it together, I had this sort of inspiration to turn it into a diorama. Like why stop with just a cake? <laughs> this is not quite dead. I need to get craftier with it. Right. And so I decided to do cake pops also kind of, well, I did cake pops basically as little planets or or asteroids as as they would be called in the Twilight Zone. And I I also included one of 
our really cool spacesuit from Sunshine, mm-hmm. our our rap video spacesuit. And it's just, it's funny because, I mean, I, I don't know, Kate, you're very gracious. I, I, I think it's one of the grossest looking things <laughs> <laughs> I've seen in a while. I, I was spilling, you know, not spilling, but pouring the different colors of Miraglaze onto the cake to kind of try to make it look swirly. And I just turned it like this bleh of colors. I was like, those aren't space colors. This is like green and yellow and like purple. Maybe purple, but yeah, it, it just turned this weird brown. Um, and then for the cake pops, for the for the planets, I ended up just dipping them in the mirror glaze because I got lazy at that point and didn't feel like doing just like a white chocolate candy coating. So they were like dripping with gobs <laughs> of like gelatin. <laughs> they look really gross. <laughs> It's so But ambitious. the cake was good. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was it was definitely outside of my wheelhouse. Um the cake tasted good. After a day or two, I I definitely peeled off the mirror glaze because it just turned into that weird gelatin texture. <laughs> but I I added star sprinkles just in case you couldn't tell it was outer space. I mean, you had so many elements. You did a mirror glaze and a cake base and cake puffs. And there was just so much going into it. And it looked like a scene from Sunshine. Like it, like you you made it like tie in more concretely into our season. So I was super impressed. Yeah, it was yeah. a lot of fun to make. <laughs> I hope they'll have me on Nailed It one day. I hope so, too. I think that you would be an excellent Nailed It contestant. <laughs> <laughs> which you. is not shade I think that you would be great TV <laughs> so make sure to check out the blog and look at all of our fun videos and pictures from our baking spacecraft challenge What makes someone or something an MVP? Ooh, I I guess somebody who never gives you up or lets you down or someone runs who- around <laughs> or hurts, and hurts you. you. <laughs> uh I want to say just for for the sake of our season um the character who is probably the most dependable yeah, I think someone who is able to put aside their own fears or weaknesses to try and come through for others or sometimes just themselves. Like I think that, you know, Ryan Stone in Gravity could be considered an MVP because she she came through for herself. Right. She didn't just give up at the end. She remembered her training. She remembered the wise words of Kowalski. Yeah, that makes sense. Although yeah. he could also be MVP, except he dies. Yeah. <laughs> Automatic LVP. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> dying on the guy that got the hole through his face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So on the flip side of that, I mean, what makes an LVP? I mean, other than just being an asshole. Yeah, someone who I think is actively making things worse for others. Yeah, because we didn't always choose the most obvious least valuable player. Like, I don't think we chose dibs for um, high high life, right? I mean, even right. though she's she's pretty terrible, but neither of us chose her because she was sort of like in line with her own. She wasn't a hypocrite, I guess we'd say. She wasn't. We I don't know why we. Yeah, we definitely had a bias towards characters who I think especially maybe had decent or okay intentions, but still happened to make everything worse for everyone else. It seemed better if someone was at least in like acting in accordance with their character and like doing something bad than someone who was like thought that they were maybe doing good, but then was actually being terrible or hurting other people or making other people die. Yeah. I mean, we didn't even choose Jason <laughs> as the LVP. Um, uh, but that was also a criteria. You had to be part of the crew. You couldn't just be an enemy to the crew. You had this to be invited true. in. <laughs> but um, I, we want to take those categorizations that we've applied all season long and apply it to the season itself. What is our MVP movie? What is the movie that is is not going to let us down every time we watch it? And what is our least valuable movie on this list? Yeah, what what movie is going to throw us out of the airlock when we least expect it? <laughs> well, I think we knew our MVP going into this season. I mean, we hadn't seen every movie yet, but it, it it's sort of a hard MVP to beat. We came out the gate so strong with Alien. What yeah. else could it be? I mean, I would say close second is Gravity, but, you mm-hmm. know, it's up for debate whether that's even a space horror. So it has to be Alien. It's critically acclaimed. It really set the bar back way back in the 70s. Yeah, it's a Ridley Scott movie. The movie really put... Sigourney Weaver on the map it just is really tightly filmed and edited and it's a landmark that has been referenced in other science fiction movies for literal decades ever since it came out yeah and every time you watch it you can expect a good time you know I mean if you like the movie to begin with right but it's very dependable there's never there's never a point where I'm watching that movie and I'm thinking, oh, they should have done this differently. Yeah, I'm never thinking like, oh, they should have edited this a little bit more or like this casting was bad. It just feels really, really well lived in. And like you said, it's very dependable. So I think it makes sense as our MVP. Yeah, if you haven't seen Alien, you need to watch Alien. I don't know what you're doing here now listening to this finale when you should be watching Alien. So get out there and, and watch it. And if you've seen it already, watch it again. It's great. <laughs> and our LVP, unfortunately, is Apollo 18. Yeah. A lot of bad movies this season. But, you know, and this probably, like, I, I think I defended it a little bit 
when we were talking about it, you know, it's not the worst movie I've ever seen, but man, is it boring. It is not fun to watch. You know how people will say it's so bad, it's good. I would use that for maybe Jason X, maybe Pandorum, but Apollo 18 is just so bad, it's bad. <laughs> it's so boring. It's not even, yeah, fun to make fun of. There's really, like, e- I'm like, even right now talking about it, I'm just like, I don't even know what to point out. It's just, it's just sort of dull. It's not, it doesn't get your blood running cold, you know? Yeah, I, it's not, it's not worth your time. I think that we, were pretty critical of movies, especially in the back half of this season. But I think that they had their merits and would recommend watching them in one way or another, except for Apollo 18. So it just had to be the LVP. Yeah, boo. And fan favorite. Uh, we got we to gotta talk about our movie with our worst favorite, terrible, good, I don't know, unreasonable tech however we want to, however we want to frame it. Um, but it was our, I'm saying fan favorite. I'm saying fan favorite because you and I are the fans, Kate, but, uh, (laughs) Jason X, Jason X was our favorite terrible tech movie. (laughs) There's just so much to unpack with the technology in this movie. I mean, it's got nanobots that rebuild Jason into Uber Jason with a Chrome hockey mask. Like, what are you going to (laughs) do? It has nipples that are supposed to stick to a robot, but can't for some reason. (laughs) And also, why are they separate to begin with? (laughs) It has multiple VR scenes (laughs) that don't even match. And the VR looks bad, yeah. Yeah. It's not even good, yeah. Yeah. And then we have a cryogenic freezer that is pierceable by machete yet strong enough to freeze an entire room with two people in it makes no sense they really went for it i will give them that is that they were like this is a movie that's set in the future and god damn it we're gonna have future tech in it (laughs) we're gonna do whatever we want when it comes to tech it doesn't need to make any sense but everyone's going to be wearing crop tops <laughs> and look like they're from the early 2000s. <laughs> it's the kind of speculative science fiction I can get behind. Yeah. I had so much fun watching Jason X, as terrible as it was, and uh, ripping on everything wrong with it with you. So I'm glad we get to talk about it a little bit more here at the end of this season. I did too. It was fun. Like I said, so bad it's good. (laughs) I think it's not a bad time. So let us know if you agree with our choices for MVP, LVP, and tech this season. We'd love to hear from you, especially if you disagree with us. We love controversial opinions. Yes, let us know on Instagram or in a comment on the blog. Well, I am sorry to see this season come to an end. I had so much fun watching space movies with you, Kate. I did too. And I really, 
hope that we come back to space horror as a genre in some future season. Yeah, we've mentioned that um, we've talked about doing like portal horror. Mm-hmm. So that we may see some some space favorites in there. Yeah, there's also a whole alien invasion genre that we haven't tapped into as well. So there's a lot. There's a whole whole catalog of, of space, sci-fi, alien, extraterrestrial horror that we can get into in future seasons. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be back to space. <laughs> Our next season is very terrestrial, though. Oh, and it's so dear to my heart. I love it. I can't wait. Uh, do you want to say it or should I say it? I will say it. We are going to be doing the Child's Play franchise. Yes. This was my favorite franchise before uh, Saw. But um, I love Chucky. I love the Chucky doll. I am so excited to go through this series with Kate for her first time. We're going to be popping Kate's Chucky Cherry. Yes. I haven't seen any of the movies. I've seen like little pop culture clips here and there. I like know the gist. It's like a haunted doll or something that kills people. And I think that generally it's like pretty funny too. Like I think that people like it because it's very like irreverent and he's got a good sense of humor. So I'm looking forward. It sounds like it's going to be um campy slasher bad fun times (laughs) you are correct (laughs) yeah so grab your nearest good guy doll and some popcorn and join us next season when we learn why you don't fuck with the chuck (laughs) until then see you on instagram This was not quite dead. Check out our other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Not Quite Dead Podcast and on Twitter at NQD underscore podcast. Follow our blog for bonus content at notquitedeadpodcast.com. Thanks for listening and happy watching. Mm-hmm.